You leave that door shut, please. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 15, your week eight preview on a Saturday. Today's October 30th, 2021, and it is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions on the spookiest day of the year. That was my uh, what really was bad that? Scooby Scooby Doo uh, oh, impersonation. Hey, Shay Rex Raggy, there's a monster, and it's your Detroit Lions. <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the ghost, going of, ghost of Rod Marinelli coming in. Uh, yeah, the that guy with he wore the paper bag over his head at that game. And yeah, they were chasing him around and shit. Something's I wonder what the uh, policy is for costumes because it is October 31st tomorrow when the Lions. I think you can to- dress up as anything as long as it's not the commissioner because if it is they're going to find your emails from 10 years ago and they're going to release them okay yeah no weapons no kneecaps yeah um why doesn't somebody throw like you know how people throw us an octopus on the ice at a the wings game why don't we do something for the lions you know what would it i don't know what you know what the octopus is from yeah of course you had to win eight games to win the stanley cup back in the day back in the day very well done philip very good so so what i guess you gotta throw something out with no legs since we never win anything so well you think we could get a fake a fake kneecap you know like a metal kneecap cap from like a kneecap well, you know grandpa kaz he always used to say <laughs> when he died to make sure you get the titanium out of his knees that is true don't let how him do do don't that? let him steal that okay it's how, worth some money so uh, how do we do not to i'm assuming we didn't get those we did huh? not get the tight no there's no uh, bloody titanium kneecap laying around down in the basement as a gift for you no yeah instead of uh what's having... in the box <laughs> what's in the box instead of having you know like dead animals in jars we just have old Dead knees. Dead knees in the box. That's your spooky Sunday talk. Um, Next year, I think, totally off topic, but I love spooky spaghetti Sundays. And I think I'm going to try to do something next year where I host a spaghetti dinner, maybe virtually, and create a spaghetti recipe and then watch a spooky movie with it. So that's just an idea I have floating around. That'll that'll certainly help our listenership, something like that. You never know. You never know. You got to get back to the people. When we get to five followers on Twitter that know who the members of the podcast are we can uh, throw a dinner invite them over invite them over don't go there taco fuentes my guy nah, don't go taco fuentes great guy thank you great guy thank, thank you for interacting with us for the past couple of months and having we, no idea stop it we don't need to lose a follower taco I'm not fuentes saying we're do- losing him i think it's a good thing to give him a shout out he's been Absolutely. very interactive yeah this is not shots this is just this is just an idea of how hard it is to make it you know, this Absolutely. is what I was like, like you can interact with someone, you know, it's like when you date someone and then you figure out, figure out that you've, it's not really them because they have a twin sister. 
Oh. They have no idea who you are. You right. know, you go to their house right. and you're like, oh, hey, and you kiss her. And then the girl you're actually dating walks in and then now you're confused. It's like one of those situations, you know. So this is no, game a- eight of a 34 game <laughs> rebuild process, everybody. So we've got uh, the Lions Woo! at we got the Lions at 0 7. In case you didn't know, we haven't won a game against the Eagles of Philadelphia at 2 5. The best 0 7 team ever. Best 0 7 team ever. Uh, the game is at 1 o'clock p.m. tomorrow, October 31st on Fox TV. The spread is the Eagles giving three and a half points to your D. Trois Lions, the over-unders 48, the money line, Detroit plus 150, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles minus 185. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I just Still noticed with that. Us? Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry. That's um, okay. The Detroit Lions are 4-1 and one versus the Eagles over the last five seasons, or five games, sorry. Um, the implied final score, which is some of my favorite uh, things here, Detroit 22 and a quarter to the Eagles 25 and three quarters. So yes, um, yeah. Uh, this is it, though. This is the week. I think we are all in. Just like how I was on the Bengals, which that was a bad take because the Bengals are <laughs> the Angels are playing out of their minds. Um, they really seem to got it going, you know. Um, but yes, the Lion and the Cub are both one hundred percent. This is it. Yes, and this is going to be a really exciting week again. Being one hundred percent in on the Lions, it's a tandem effort here the lion and the cub are 100 in and like i was saying before the lions are seven and three on halloween day so who doesn't like a 70 percent? i'm a 70 percent. absolutely kind of guy. i this is a 100 guarantee we're this is the start of the riding the ship the bailing of the titanic we have only brushed up against that iceberg we are not done yet we are going to turn this thing around and and we're going to bring home a victory against the depleted eagles that dan campbell victory presser all right i'm already thinking about it oh it's gonna be great gonna be great i don't think it's even gonna be close really yep you heard it here first folks the lion said it isn't even gonna be close j j jared goff his name is jared is going to uh is gonna play great and i think the lions are gonna just they're gonna take care of business here yep i like the lions a lot i like it nice a lot i like it a lot uh let's go into the history of these two um teams one from the nfc beast being the eagles and um you know first game ever against the Eagles came on October 14th, 1934. This was only the fourth game in the entire history of the Detroit Lions, and it was a good one. The defense pitched a shutout in a 10-0 win. Ernie Cattle scored the team's only touchdown. The wingback, yes, I said a wingback, huh. would score three more touchdowns that season. I don't know, like, are they playing soccer? You know, I know what a wingback is in soccer, but he played with the Lions until 1938. He later owned a Chevy dealership for 42 years in Roseville, California. Um, you might know someone who bought an Impala from him. Nice, or you might not. I don't Oh, no. Um, let's see. <sighs> Some random stats here. Uh, you would think that since the Lions first played the Eagles in 1934, there'd be a ton of matchups between two teams. But since 1933, yes, I'm counting the Portsmouth Spartans one game against the Eagles here. The two teams have only met 34 times. The Lions are 16, 16, and 2 all time against the Eagles. So this Sunday's game is the tiebreaker. So, um, you know, be on the lookout for yeah, that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of buzz about that. Yeah, a lot of buzz. Um, we haven't played in Halloween since 2004 in a 31 to 21 week eight loss to the Cowboys. Um, but like I said before, we are seven and three on Halloween day. So um, here we go. Uh, I, we were talking about this before we started recording, but here's that uh, the game in 2013, the snow game, uh, it was a full on blizzard in Philadelphia. And I remember like players were like scrambling
scrambling to find cleats oh, with lo- longer studs. They had people like running shovels in between. Um, the Lions had a 14 to 6 lead going into the fourth quarter, and then the Eagles unleashed LaShawn McCoy for 28 points in the fourth quarter, and we lost 34 to 20. That was crazy. Uh, but still kind of fun to put in there. Um, Thanksgiving Day 2015, uh, we won 45 to 14. Uh, that's when Matthew Stafford, the greatest quarterback of all time, had five <laughs> touchdown passes, and three of them were to Calvin Johnson, pay me my money, bitch. Um, so owe me 1.8 million. I want it. <laughs> uh, he had 337 yards for uh, Matthew Stafford. Ezekiel Anza, there's a name drop. Of, yeah, where is old Zeke? Yeah, you think about how he was came from BYU. Ezekiel Anza plays for the Seattle Seahawks. He is 32. Holy shit. Uh, he sacked the Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, three and a half times. Um, that's kind of funny. Stephen Tullock and Daryl Tapp got sacks as well. So I, um, I, I, I do want to backtrack real quick to that uh, Philadelphia game in 2013. Uh, the Lions were 7-5 and five going into that game and never won another game that season. They had just beaten the Green Bay Packers 40 to 10. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they actually had gotten their, they were 6 that and 3. It was a three. Thanksgiving Day game as well. Yes. They had, uh, they were 6 and 3. Then they lost a couple games. Steelers, they lost 24 21 to Tampa. Then they beat the Packers. And uh, that, and then it was the snow game they never recovered from. They finished 7 and 9. 14 13, 23 20 in overtime, 18 16. Those three games after that, all by what? Three points or less? Or less. <coughs> That's yeah. crazy. It's uh, lost by a total of six or seven points in three games. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Um, they did win three out again, of four preseason. I just thought I mentioned that. It's very important. Uh, I mean, we did go undefeated in preseason the year we lost it all. So. What? At least this year we didn't win anything. Yes, we haven't won anything yet. Dan Campbell has yet to leave the field of (laughs) battle with a W in any way, shape, or form. He'll get it. Don't worry, everybody. Calm down. What what do you think's his alcohol beverage of choice? Dan Campbell? He's a beer beer guy. Yeah, but what beer? You know, you think he's just a butt heavy? Duff beer. I think (laughs) he drinks Duff. He drinks Schlitz. He drinks, you know what he drinks? Whatever's on sale. Uh, Whatever's on sale. He's a willy. He's a willy kind of guy. Oh, oh, bell's ringing. Is that the coach right now calling you up? No, that's just me making sure I'm awake. So Wake up. It's noon, everybody. Wake up. Yep. Noon every Saturday. Got to make sure you're up by yeah. noon. Big Got noon it. Friday. Big noon Saturday. Yeah, so, you want to uh, roll over and throw on that TV. Yeah, he's on the Willie method. Milwaukee's best light. Whatever's and on sale. $11.99 for a 30-pack. So yep. that was your quick brief history. Um, not too much there, like we said. But again, we're riding these statistics. I like 4-1 and one against the Eagles over the their last five games and seven and three on Halloween day. D's get degrees 80% and 70% does it all. So there you go. Great team. Good teams win. Great teams cover. I think we're going to do both. I guess yeah, that yep. makes them an incredibly great team. Yeah. When you do, that's the ultimate, that's like the big brain. Like you fo- you finally made it. So mm-hmm. uh, go ahead and let's hit a switch. Okay. It's some miscellaneous information. Don't forget. I know everybody thought that uh, Don Molback, the mule was, uh, uh, was, left from this team uh special teams coordinator dave vip and you know dave vip is is great for the fake punts the onside kicks the stuff they did last week that was crazy he's got it he's got this uh i haven't really heard of this it's this covid 19 and oh, uh, he got the covid eh? he got the covid he's positive test on it so the mule has stepped in and has helped out with the special teams coaching looks like he's
he's going to be on the sideline this week. And a quote from uh, head coach Dan Campbell. Mulback's been doing a hell of a job filling in coaching. Uh, <laughs> said before Friday's practice, while also noting other coaches have also helped fill in for Phipps. So I guess uh, Mulback's been great, but the other guy's been helping out too because he's really not that great. So uh, <laughs> he will be on the sideline. And he was feeling fine. Coach Phipps said he was feeling fine. He's hoped to get a couple negative tests in, but it doesn't look like that will be happening. Yeah, it kind of so. sucks when you don't even have any uh, symptoms. So, yep. And moving on to Mr. Taylor Decker. Taylor Decker remains on the Detroit Lions injured reserve list more than two weeks after the de- team declared him eligible to return. The starting left tackle had a setback on his progress in returning from a finger injury last week and did not practice at all in the days leading up to week number eight. Now, there is a very real chance that the Lions lose Decker for the rest of the season. The Lions have until they return from the bye in week nine to either activate Decker or see him revert to the injured reserve for the rest of the season. For now, rookie Panay Sewell will continue to start at left tackle in Decker's place with Matt Major Nelson taking over on the right side, which is the way it's been all year. Uh, it doesn't stress me either way if Taylor yeah. doesn't play, does play. It's like, it is what it is. He, get him healthy. I get a feeling he's not going to play and they'll just stick him on. I, I say stick him on the IR, get him healthy, let's play some other young guys and see what we have. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. Transactions, you or me? Go ahead and knock okay, these Okay, transactions. Despite the rumors of the <laughs> Lions cutting Brockers, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike Brock, Brockers, the uh, Lions did not. But they have placed guard Logan Stenberg on reserve injured on October 25th. He played like three plays on special team and somehow managed to hurt himself to the point that uh, he's gone on IR. Yes. Not sure what happened. I guess it only takes one hit. I mean, it always only takes one hit. Uh, on the 20th. 26th, they released cornerback Daryl Worley. Now, Daryl Worley came in and immediately gave up a 59-yard pass to Cup, right? Cup, was that the name of that tight end on the Rams last week? And not it, a tight end. He's a wide receiver, but... Cup? I thought Cup was Cooper a tight Cup? End. No, he's, he's a... Not. He's not? Okay. Yeah, he, he looks like not. a tight end. He's big. Yeah. Um, So, uh, a lot of people are saying, well, Daryl Worley, uh, he's, he's, he's a veteran. He's played a number of years, but uh, he got beat pretty bad. So they released him on the 26th, and again, I still think they get a lovely box to put all their stuff in. And then on the 27th, they re-signed cornerback Darrell Worley to the practice squad. Hey, oh, Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, your pass should work. The Detroit Lions also re-signed tackle Darren Paulo. And they signed guard Tommy Creamer to the active roster from the practice squad. And then on the 28th, they waived defensive end Eric Brocker-Banks. And uh, I'm not real sure what the deal with Eric Banks was, but uh, take it to the bank. He's gone. Take it to the chorus. There you go. So that is it on transactions. Um, we've got uh, these guys have returned to practices, but still on the IR. Taylor Decker, he's on day 17 of the 21-day evaluation period. Uh, Kevin Strong, day 17. Look like he's going to get activated, is what I'm. Yeah. Is what my sources are telling me. Yeah, that's uh, why we clipped uh, Eric Banks. Ah, we need that room. And defensive lineman Deshaun Hand day 10 of the 21 day evaluation period so it looks like he won't be he won't be coming back uh this for this game but we'll see and then your eagles injury report um miles sanders uh is headed to the ir with an ankle and foot injury um yeah so that's great there you have cornerback zeech mcpherson who is ruled out and safety anthony harris who is doubtful jj arkega whiteside is questionable that's a wide receiver uh and then Devonte smith the rookie had a headache <laughs> 
Lane Johnson's on rest. Yeah, I'm just these are no injury designations. So yeah, wide receiver Devonta yeah, Smith. Got a boo boo. He won the uh, Heisman last year. Um, wide he receiver. Did? Who's that? Yep, Devonta Smith. He's the wide receiver out I, of Alabama. I thought the he guy won. from uh, LSU won the Heisman. I don't know. Um, really? He yeah, recorded okay. over 1,800 yards with 23 touchdowns, for which he won the Heisman Trophy. Okay, there it is. All right. Um, he got a headache though, so he got a, not. Yeah, his wallet <laughs> carrying his wallet, his wallet around. <laughs> Gave him a headache. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Lane Johnson, rest. That's the right tackle. Center, Jason Kels, rest slash foot. Left guard, Landon Dickerson, hip. Interior offensive lineman, Jack Anderson, hamstring. Fletcher Cox, somehow still is in the league. He's on rest. Javon Hargrave, another tackle. Shoulder and edge. Edge, Ryan Kerrigan, groin. So There's, uh, He's um, got a groin. Smith was only held out Wednesday with a headache, but practiced in full the rest of the week. Ooh, they found some uh, Advil. Got him back to work. Johnson wasn't able to play in weeks four to six due to an ankle injury, which while he returned to week seven, he didn't finish the game. Not finishing the game didn't appear to be a result of his ankle. It's not listed on the injury report, but it's being speculated as a possible conditioning issue. Um, Kels has been on a rest routine most of the season. His foot injury doesn't seem to be an issue. Cox got the same treatment as well. Dickerson was not on the injury report Wednesday, but showed up on Thursday with a hip injury. Uh, Coach Sirianni said he expects Dickerson to play this week. Anderson has typically been inactive on game days, but if Dickerson is unable to play, he may be active for depth. Sirianni also said he expects Hargrave and Kerrigan to play without restrictions. Hargrave has been one of the Eagles' best defensive this season and leads the team with six sacks. Kerrigan is not the player he used to be. It looks like his career may be coming to a conclusion soon. Okay. Well, there you really go. blunt there. So, But there is your Eagles injury updates. Alright. Thank you very much. They seem like they have a lot of injuries, but it's hard to say. Maybe yes. they don't have that many guys in IR. Uh, yes. We're going to give you the um, Detroit Lions PR tweet of the week. I didn't yes. have much to choose from this week. This was the only real tweet they sent out besides injury designations and uh, when they're going to have uh, availability for interviews. Okay, running back, Andre Swift completed his 20th career game in week seven, in case anybody was not counting at home. He joins running back Barry Sanders and Billy Sims as the only players in team history to post at least 1,500 scrimmage yards and 15 touchdowns through 20 games. Also, his 88 receptions through 20 games are the most in team history. I don't know if it's the most by a running back or the most by anybody. 88 receptions through 20 games. Mm. You know, that is a great question. I was just going to see how much his receptions were up this year. He gets a lot of dump passes and, you know, yeah, if you know they, this or not, they check down a lot. Yeah, but they were talking about how, so last season he had 57 targets for 46 receptions and this season he has 52 targets and 42 receptions. So he's almost, he's already at his pace for last season through seven games. Wow. Um, which I think is, I can't remember where I saw this tweet, but somebody said that they're going to start using Swift like um, another good running back that's more of like a H-back, you know, and they need to get the ball in this man's hands at all times. They're please. trying. He's, they're trying. They're our, trying to get him the ball our, in space so that yes. I just hope that he's still a, a, a guy that can still play when the rest the of the good. team is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Because I hate to see it, um, you know, he gets hurt or whatever yeah. and, and then we finally get good but uh, nothing against running backs but they are sort of a dime a dozen it's not something you draft in the first round there's a lot of really good running backs out there and if you're if your line blocks you can um you can run for a lot of yards so there it is yeah we took him in the second round so right it was a steal no, no, he no had, second round is okay his, i guess yeah he blew his knee out like in his last season and everybody was like is he going to be able to recover and so well, obviously he, he, he would have been a first round he would have been a first round pick but yeah i mean he's playing 
so good. Ah, I just, yes, you're totally correct where <laughs> I hope he can stay around and not get burnt out. Um, it's, a, it's a hard business, I'll tell you that. It is a very hard business. His snap count is up quite a bit, so. Okay, we're going to move on to the Cub betting corner. CBC, Cub betting corner. There it is. Um, Like we said, good teams win, great teams cover, and that's exactly what your Lions did this past week. Um. That 15 and a half, I think it ended up at 16 and a half points. Yeah, it was moving uh, back all things and forth. Said is done. Um, the fun bet of the week did not do well, so we just won't just even move on from there. Uh, how yep, many of those did you get right? Time. How many did you get right? Any of them? I don't even, I don't know. As okay. soon as I saw that the first one didn't hit, I was yeah, like, it's well, over. It's over. That's over. So over. Uh, I did take, I, I'm going to be uh, um, uh, clear and say, I can't think of the word I want to use. Um, transparent. Transparent. Thank you. And, in the effort to be transparent, I did take the Rams last week, so that continues my streak of being wrong every single game. So, like I said in a tweet, whatever I say, take the opposite, okay? I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, you should definitely fade me at all times. Yeah, just, um, you know, it's the Seinfeld thing. Whatever whatever he does, do the opposite, and uh, yeah. it works <laughs> I out I wouldn't well. know. I'm a curb guy, so. Curb, yep, okay. Um, uh, so okay, this so week, this week, what do we got? We've got Eagles minus three and a half. Over under is 48, like we said. Money line is the Lions one 50 Rams minus 158 your lack of the week uh I have the Lions plus three and a half there's no yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take the Lions plus 3.5 minus 115 the lion well it's two different bets isn't it it is two different bets Lions plus three and a half it's the same bet we're taking the same bet right yes but you can bet plus three and a half or or you can bet straight up at minus 115 you just pick the lines to no win. i'm telling you that the lions plus three and a half is minus 115 that's my lack of the week okay your no. money line if you want to take the money line it's plus 185 185 no 150 oh, uh, it's right there oh, in the yeah. show notes okay sorry this is revenge from last week okay so. all right just want to make sure we're clear on who's taking what bet here i'm taking we're the, taking this the same bet. yes okay what's your Get fun let's move on to the fun bet of the week okay this is called the favorites favorites favorite or sorry yes favorites 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 tell me how this loses all right you got Bengals versus the Jets minus 11 and a half. Okay. I've got, uh, I didn't write down the opponents. I just wrote, you got Bills minus 14, Rams minus 16. And I know the Bucks are playing the Saints minus four and a half. That's plus 1,228 points. Uh, this is the cover of the week. Mm. So I think they're covered. What did, what did you bet on the Michigan, Michigan State game? I bet uh, uh, under 50 and a half. Sorry. Let me mm-hmm. just in here. I got to pull up my slip. Um, just so you know, um, K. McNamara just threw a 93-yard touchdown pass. Pass? Pass. They uh, intercepted Michigan State. Michigan State had driven the ball down to, like, near the goal line. And I've uh, got under 50 and a half, State plus four and a half, mm. 70 plus rushing yards for Blake Corum, mm. and 80 plus rushing yards for Kenneth Walker. Mm. Yeah, yeah wow. they ran the ball up the middle once. Michigan did. Then they had a five-yard pass and a 93-yard pass, and it's 7 nothing Michigan. Partial score, everybody. Yeah, I'm glad you're focuses on the pod. Hey, I'm with sure. you. I just had it, uh, you know, I just saw a jump. I thought Michigan State was going to take the alert. lead. Spoiler alert. It's a long game. Long, it's a long game. And Michigan's ranked number six. So, yeah. yeah. And the Bearcats are up to number two. So, yeah, go. The Bearcats, Bearcats. The Bearcats. Let's see. I saw that they might be trailing. Uh, two lanes in the red zone, just so you know. Oh, <laughs> 
Wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better? uh, They're first and ten. Oh no, Cincinnati's got the ball back first and ten at their own one yard line. Uh, So they must have uh, they punted. Never mind. Um, So yeah, wouldn't it be better for Cincinnati to lose the game than win them all and not make the playoffs? I'm just saying. No, I want them to win them all and not make the playoffs so that we so you can be up on your up on your uh, soapbox talking about mid majors. Eight games. Oh, they're going to ex- they're going to expand the playoffs. Yeah, they? but if it happens, if Cincinnati goes undefeated and they're somehow not in the playoffs this year, it's going to be all hell. I understand that strength of schedule and stuff like that, and this is talking college football. Um, I just think that they, they would be the perfect BCS team. You know, if we were still in the BCS. Era. Right, like when uh, Boise, yep, with the uh-huh. purple field or whatever the hell, blue, <laughs> but close enough. Yeah, so. whatever. Yeah, okay. We hate picks, picks, and oh, I was yeah. talking college football. I think we just did that. We, we just, just did that. So, yeah. but Lions, 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 baby. Lions, Lions, Lions. Uh, Thursday night score. You want to talk about that Packers Arizona Cardinals game? And that's some. Um, I watched the game. Uh, there's a good meme that came out of it of Aaron Rodgers getting absolutely thrashed. Uh, there's a funny picture of him getting hit and his helmet's coming off. I like the one uh, where he's asking for a penalty as he's being as tackled. He's pulled down. <laughs> yeah, that's. Hey, what's this? Hey, look at this. And the guy's like, yeah. he's pulling you down by his jersey. Hey, what? Can I? Come yeah. on. Hey. Yeah, it was quite the, uh, you know, they, Arizona had a chance at the end to win, let alone tie it. Um, and Kyler Murray got drilled and his wide receiver with pass block of the year, instead of thinking it was a pass uh it got intercepted in the end zone and the uh the Packers still find a way to win that means the Miami Dolphins undefeated record will stay intact as the Cardinals fall to seven and one Packers 24 Arizona 21 um I'm hearing talk is that what's his nuts Packers quarterback goes to Pittsburgh uh next year really plays for the Steelers god damn goes from one team I hate to another team I hate so he would really be he'd be really doing well so yeah it is pretty crazy at the top of the NFC you have the Packers at seven and one now that they've beat Arizona who's now seven and one you got Tampa Tampa Bay who's six and one and you've got the the boys of Dallas at five and one yeah yeah, don't forget yeah. LA Rams are six and one as well. So are they? Who's their mm-hmm. quarterback? Also, just uh if the season ended today, your AFC leading team number one seed would be uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, the bonghole. At okay. five and two. Right. And uh the Las Vegas Raiders would uh make the playoffs as well at five and two. So John Gruden's got that team playing well. There's no doubt about wait, it. No, hold on, wait a minute. I don't know. Am I dead coaching them? Yep. <laughs> He's, uh, you've got uh, John Madden's coaching. John Madden. Year. John Madden, yeah. You know they're second in passing yards? The uh, Vegas, Vegas Raiders. Yeah. The Raiders. Hmm. You okay? All right, let's move on to tickets, tickets, tickets. Uh, it's about a $46 ticket right now, and, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of tickets available tomorrow. I know, it sounds like a broken record. Just consult any other home game from this year. Uh, jump into the part where I say tickets, 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 play it back, and there you are. Okay? Yeah, you are it's all a broken set. record. It's a broken... Click, click, click. You are 
making a lot of straight sales today. I'm a little concerned about you. Okay. It's I got stay some good off sleep. the weed. <laughs> I got good sleep. Man, that's that's part of the that's part of the thing. All right. So we're gonna move on now to thoughts and prayers. Michael Gene Lucci. He passed away on October 26th. And you may say, who was Michael Gene Lucci? He was a middle linebacker for the Detroit Lions and was a great player. Um he played for the Lions from 65 to 73. He was originally drafted by the Browns of Cleveland, played for them from 62 to 64, and then nine years with the Detroit Lions. He played his college football University of Tennessee. Yes, University of Tennessee used to have a football program, and uh, one year at the University of Pittsburgh. He joined the Lions as a result of a three-team transaction on August 30th, 1965. Who can forget when he, along with a draft pick, was first sent by the Browns to the New York Giants for all-pro cornerback Erich Barnes. Erich. Then the Giants traded him guard Daryl Dess and a draft pick to the Lions for quarterback Earl Morrill. He was six foot two, 230-pound middle linebacker, known for his ability to play through injury. Uh, he had 21 career interceptions with the Detroit. He returned four of those interceptions for touchdowns. He was voted by his teammates the Lions' defensive most valuable player from 1969 to 1971. In addition, he was all NFL in 69. He was NFC All-Conference in 70 to 73. He was named to the Pro Bowl following the 71 season. It must have been hard to get in the Pro Bowl back then because how can you be all conference and not make the Pro Bowl? But yeah. Uh, he intercepted five passes, two of which he returned for touchdowns. On one return, Jets quarterback Joe Namath injured his knee attempting to tackle Lucci, and Namath has said that injury was the downturn in his career. His knees turned into noodles, and I know he could care less if the team is struggling. Uh, he also appeared himself in the 1968 film Paper Lion, and as a hitman in the 1972 film Detroit 9000. Now that is a big, big hit. He uh, served as a color analyst for the Lions broadcast on WJ. Radio. In 1979 and 80, he was a TV color analyst for NBC, often paired with the great Vin Scully and Dick Omai oh Enberg. Vin Scully on Twitter at age 90 something, and he find out it's a cesspool. That's the last one to know. Um, I'm going to read you a little bit from an article by Jerry Green. He was a columnist for many decades in Detroit, and uh, he wrote an interesting story about uh, Mike Lutsky this week. Um, Let's see, it was published on the 26th. Uh, it says here, he was the toughest guy I ever met. That's in 65 years of covering and absorbing sports in Michigan. Uh, times were when I told Mike Lucci that after he retired from the Lions, he'd just smile, a bashful smile, and then he'd switch the subject to guys he played with and the teammates who'd passed on before him. Wayne Walker, who played linebacker with him. In the old days when the Lions were realistic contenders, Mel Farr, who lugged the football until he bled. Charlie Sanders personal family friend, who made acrobatic catches as a tight end in those days at Tiger Stadium in the 60s and 70s. Alex Karras, whose greatness was overlooked for decades by the Hall of Fame selectors until two years ago. Bill Munson, the first quarterback traded by the Lions, traded to the Lions by the Los Angeles Rams. Mike joined them Tuesday, succumbing down in Florida. He was 81. The obituaries that I read on the internet did not state the cause of death, but those who knew him and saw him at events in Detroit knew he had pancreatic cancer for the last 15 or 20 years. What? Yeah, pancreatic cancer, which kills people usually in like three months. Yeah, I mean, rest in peace, his soul. 15, my grandfather, Willie. Yeah, pancreatic <laughs> cancer, you get that, and it's usually quick. Get your shit together.
together because uh, the train's leaving. Mm. Doctors have told me that you can't beat can't pancreatic cancer. It's incurable. Well, Mike beat it. He'd show it up. He'd show up at events, some of them funerals for his teammate. He'd be gaunt. He'd shuffle and he'd be tough. He was alive and living and showing up. That's why I consider him the toughest guy I ever met. He lived on with the terminal disease, fighting it, beating it, beating beyond the average age of death of American males, those who didn't play professional football. Back in those days, writing about Lucci for the Detroit News, I would call him the Lions spirit leader, and he was playing for Harry Gilmer and then Joe Schmidt. Mike was the athlete who replaced Schmidt at middle linebacker for the Lions. Tough. A mere process of replacing Joe Schmidt, the player who virtually invented the middle linebacker position, Hall of Famer, defensive cog of two-time NFL champions, 10-time All-Pro, had to be tough. Mike was the guy. Picked by Coach Schmidt himself to be a successor in 1967 as the middle linebacker, Lucci went on to make All-Pro and was elected by his NFL peers to the Pro Bowl. I can't see enough about Mike, Schmidt said Tuesday in a sad telephone call to him in Florida. Mike was a special player and a special person. He had the ability about being a leader. He walked and talked like a leader. In 1970, the Lions had their best team in 64 years. Precious personal opinion. The best of all the decades between the three championship dynasties of the 50s and the struggling season since. That was a team quarterback conflict between Greg Landry and Munson. It was the team that lost New Orleans on Tom Densey's 63-yard field goal, a record that existed through generations of kickers. And it was a team with a 5-4 and four record that defeated each of their last five opponents, all division first place occupants when the Lions beat them, and made it to the Super Bowl playoffs. They made it, okay, as a wild card entrant, but there was an excellent NFL team conquering the 49ers, George Blanda's Raiders, the Raiders, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Rams, and Packers. That's when I started referring to Lucci as the team spirit leader. There was a night in Los Angeles when the Rams, still the joke, I'm sorry, there was a night in Los Angeles when the Lions, still a joke in the NFL, played the Rams as a huge underdog. It was the first season of Monday Night Football, now a television epic. All of America's gazed as the mocked Lions took it to the Rams 28-23. Relations were different between the sports journalists and pro teams back then. We flew on the team airplane charters and we stayed at team hotels. Sometimes we partied with the athletes. Woo-hoo! We wanted their occasion. We watched their occasional barroom fights with hecklers. That's you, doing? Yep. Mm-hmm. Alex Karras. <laughs> that night, after a quick write-up of the victory, I was too late as always for the team bus back to the digs down in Long Beach. I hopped into a car with some Lions front office personnel and Lucci, the middle linebacker who should have been the first star of Monday Night Football in that game. The car hit the road. Stop here, Mike said as we were driving past late night package store, as we called them. We he came out with a couple of cases of beer, Duff's beer. Mm-hmm. That night, the Lions partied in Long Beach. Press invited on the beer that Lucci delivered. I retain a haunting memory that night, a vision of Chuck Hughes behind the bar, grinning in victory with his teammates. Chuck, who would be stricken in action and died on the field of Tiger Stadium less than a year later, 50 years ago this month. Lucci bellied up to the bar, grinning. The Sunday after upsetting the Rams, the Lions ended their season with a victory over the division-leading Packers. The score was 20 to nothing, a shutout for the defense that Lucci led. And at 10 of 4, the Lions qualified for the playoff with the NFL's second-place record. After that, Lucci defense with Karras and Walker and Len Barney and Dick LeBeau would yield no more field goals, would yield one more field goal in 1970. Three points. It was a lamented 5 nothing playoff defeat by the Cowboys the day after Christmas. No Lion team has been any better ever since. The Lions coaching quarterback Carousel started in the early 70s and it just continued. The object of the season was to win the game against the Vikings. The Lions lost 13 games in succession to Minnesota from 1968 to 1974. It became 
became one of the obsessions of the players to be permitted to wear white football cleats, the trending then-new style. Farzano, the coach, was quite old-fashioned. He'd been a head coach in the mostly black-shoe naval academy. You can't wear white shoes until you beat the Vikings, Farzano told the players. Then I'll tell you to wear, I'll let you wear white shoes. The losing streak was measurably painful for the Lions. One Sunday night after defeating Minnesota, likely in 73 or 74 by a 7-6 to score, Mike Lucci stood in the aisle of the team playing and spoke for all to hear him. My groin area aches, he said. I want to beat them so much. Groin, I'm serious. Something. It finally happened in the second game of 74. The Lions beat the Vikings 20-16. to Next week, the Lions who wanted wore white cleats. Mm-hmm. Now they are joined. Lucci, the, the spirit leader with the great Karis, Walker, Favre, Frazano, Charlie Sanders, Munson, and Chuck Hughes. And finally, at 81, death caught up with Mike Lucci, the toughest guy I ever met. And that's from Jerry Green, who is retired, but uh, wrote this column, obviously, about a player he followed very closely. So I learned a lot of things about this player that I didn't know once again who the heck he was until he died. So I'm uh, batting a thousand. Mike Lucci, RIP, thoughts and prayers to him and his family. RIP, thoughts and prayers to him and his family. I will say here, just to confirm, the knee injury Namath suffered against the Lions in Tampa Bay in August 1971 was one of the most severe he would encounter, and his eventual limited mobility due to the incident would contribute to more hits to his knees, which clearly shortened his career so yeah he was uh, he, he was had a, a knee sh- brace that's in the hall of fame yeah he so. was a shadow of himself there he ended up at the rams i think at the very end rams of 49ers somewhere out west and it was it wasn't pretty yep he was- also was on the brady bunch so oh of course who can forget yeah. that the brady bunch all exactly, right so all right and then we're going to uh we're gonna play to wrap things up a little clip of dan campbell being that tomorrow is halloween yes uh we're gonna play a little clip about what trick-or-treating was like in the Campbell household out in the wilds of Texas back probably, what, 25 years ago, maybe? How old's Dan Campbell? 42, 30 years ago? All right, let's hit this button and see if it plays. Okay, something's happening. Okay, all right, hold on a second. Take it back and turn on the sound. Here we go. That's pretty good. So, (laughs) yeah, our dad, my dad, our dad, whatever, me and my brother, he would, he hated Halloween, by the way. Oh, yeah, because that's like... You know, you gotta wait for it to get dark. All right, so he's been working all day long, and that's one. Drinking beer. Two is it's you know, all right, we're gonna go. I gotta go drive around, let you guys get out, whatever. And uh, so we would go drive to the nearest town, you know, which had about 400 people in it, by the way. So we'd drive out there, and it wasn't far away. I mean, you know, it was five miles or whatever, five eight miles. So it's not like it was a huge trip, but but you know. We'd load up, and he'd just pull up, hurry up! <laughs> we'd jump out, you know, in our suits, have our bags. We had just the old... Get that effing Snickers. You know, run up there and do it. We'd just go from house to house, and if it was, we'd come run back to the house, and he's like, nah, nah, just keep going. <laughs> we'd run house to house, come back, and the whole time he's yelling, hurry up! <laughs> so, anyway, but you know what? He did it every year. He did it every year, so... House to house in that neighborhood, I mean, it was... Yeah, well, for that town, even as small as it was, yeah, I mean, you're, you know, you're running an acre or whatever (laughs) to the next place, so it's better than wasting gas. Well, it's very nice. It's, uh, I like Dan Campbell. I love Dan Campbell. I love his. Uh, I love his uh, humility. I love his. Uh, I just love him as a person. So yeah, he's quite genuine. There's no doubt about it. We'll see. He's, uh, he's authentic. He's pure. He oh uh, keeps it very real, transparent. 
um, you know, he's really man of the people for the people. So there you go. All right. Uh, so that's going to wrap up uh, this week's pre-game edition of the Line in the Cup podcast. Anything you want to add, sir? Nope. Just make sure you guys are checking your kids' candy. You never know. There's a lot of people put a lot of drugs in candy. Watch out for that blotter acid. Stay yep, off the weed. Watch out for dagger, syringes, knives, because there's razor nothing blades, more that's... Razor blades. Nothing more than people that spend their hard-earned money on drugs want to give them to your kids. Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Stay safe, stay warm, stay dry. Um, And yeah, go Lions. You know where to find us. Our links are always down in the description below. And um, yeah, I, this is the week. I cannot wait to come back and do our recap. Gonna and be, It's going to be great. It's going to be a good recap. So Okay, we'll right. talk to you after the game. All right, everybody. Have a great day. Love you all. Love, you. Love, you. love love everybody. It's peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. Bye. Bye. God dang. That's pretty, man. That's pretty. Good talk over here. Good talk. Uh-huh.